Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. KWTX at 4 starts now. And thanks for joining us on this Tuesday. I'm Justin Early here with meteorologist Jillian Grace. Getting a little wet out there today. Yeah, yeah. Just, we just had a rumble of thunder right it. before we uh -huh. went on air, but nothing severe, so that's good. We, you know, it's not often that in May we just have nice, regular yeah. sh uh, showers and thunderstorms, so we'll take it. It's giving yeah. us some much-needed rainfall. Yes, well, we have an update is something we told you about yesterday if you got to watch. Yesterday we talked about this uh, Venice Grand Canal in Italy mysteriously turning bright green. Look at this. So officials in Venice determined the presence of a non-toxic chemical fluorescence, I believe it's called, a fluorescein in the water, uh, and those were from samples taken from the canal. So fluorescein is a tracer agent that's used in small underwater construction in the Venice Lagoon to help identify leaks and water movement, but authorities still don't know how a quantity large enough to color so much water spilled into the canal near the Rialto Bridge, but they said it was likely not an accident given the quantity used. Hmm, yeah, and so further test results are expected by later this week, which could help identify the exact quantity of the substance in yeah. the water. We were talking about it. I mean, it's green. It was bright, bright green. Yeah. yeah. And you know, there was talk that there were some environmental protesters who put, uh, I think, coal, charcoal onto the Trevi Fountain. Mm -hmm. uh, they don't know if it's these folks or not. They're, uh, you know, they're yeah, still they kind of looking it, into what. It's not me, but yeah. you just, yeah. Uh, one tell. thing that I was thinking about is maybe someone actually let too much that's, go. That's what I was kind of wondering. So I guess we'll have to wait yeah. and see the results. You can only imagine there are a lot of repairs needed with a city that the you know the canals are what you are your main streets. So mm -hmm. uh, a lot of repairs underwater. So we'll see. We'll learn more in the future. We'll keep right. you updated. Uh, now to our daily four, and this one's a kind of a shocker as we get back to the normal work week. Artificial intelligence could lead to global annihilation, according oh. to a statement today from industry leaders, academics, and some celebrities too. They argue reducing that risk should be a top global priority alongside pandemics and nuclear war. So the statement on the Center for AI Safety website, it's from dozens of experts, including top executives at a company called OpenAI, as well as Google and Microsoft. Now, other signatories include the so-called godfather of AI named Jeffrey Hinton. You may have heard of him. Also, climate advocate Bill McKibben and the musician Grimes, a celebrity they're getting on board, too. Experts say AI is a long way from extreme sci-fi depictions, but several industry leaders are asking Congress to regulate it now before a major mishap occurs. Uh, Microsoft, OpenAI, and IBM are asking for government oversight in the U.S. of AI. Uh, in other countries, in Europe and, and in China, they're already regulating it. But right now, our Commerce Department here in the U.S. is taking comment, public comment in the 60-day period, which I believe ends around early to mid-June. So that'll wrap up and then they'll decide what we can do. Uh, some say brand new agency just to oversee AI. Some say roll it into something else. But, you know, we've, we've done so many stories about the implications and the strangeness and... Uh. Yeah, and you know, I think one of the things that like a huge takeaway is you have to teach it. Like that would be my thing is you have to be very specific whenever mm. you're using like AI sure. and give it exact prompts. Yeah. But there are some benefits to it too, you know. So I'm interested yeah. to see how we can prevent the bad, but also 
yeah. you know, help us get the good out of this too yeah. and to see how we can implement it in our daily lives. I know for workouts, like they have now oh, yeah. fitness AI and you sure. can say, hey, I want to do, I want to lose 25 pounds mm -hmm. and I don't want to lift a whole lot of heavy weight and it will make a whole entire yeah. workout plan for you. So yeah. there's, you know, some benefits and some cool things, but you always have to be cautious about, That's true. about the bad. There are some trip planners as well. And I, I bet if you too. took a trip to Venice, they'd probably warn you in the AI <laughs> trip planner yeah. that maybe there's some green water you don't want to get into. I mean, so yeah, there's, there are lots of good um, applications, but just some, you know, wise people overseeing it and how it's rolled out. Yeah, well, I definitely like, you know, give that all to them because mm -hmm. that is a tough job of really just the unknowns and trying yeah. to figure out where do we go from here. Mm -hmm. Interesting stuff. It's a mm -hmm. world. We're in the future. We're in the future, guys. Not a number two in our daily four. All right, so the U.S., the Treasury does not have a money to burn. In fact, they are getting low on cash with just $38.8 on hand as of May 25th. For context, there are 31 people who are worth more than that. In some cases, much more. According to Bloomberg's Billionaire Index, the Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen says if Congress doesn't raise the debt ceiling to let the nation borrow more money, we might not be able to pay our bills as soon as June 5th. Paying bills is not an issue for Bernard Arnault, chairman of luxury goods maker LVMH, who is worth uh, about $193 billion. Or Tesla founder Elon Musk, who is worth an estimated $185 billion. And of course, Amazon's very own Jeff Bezos, who is worth about $144 billion. You know, I mean, what are you doing with that much money? Mm -hmm. I mean, you're just kind of sitting on it. I mean, maybe putting it to work and somehow hopefully uh, producing jobs, creating jobs, creating stimulating growth. Um, but it just seems like, what are you going to do with that much money? Who needs that much money? It's the society in which we live. It's capitalism. It's the way it works. Yep. Um, but it is kind of shocking to hear that more than 30 individual people People, yeah, people have more money than the United States of America right now. A whole what? country. I know. Yeah. When I read that, I was like, this, that's insane. Yeah. But there, you hope that they are wanting to do good. You know, that's yeah. why I like Elon Musk and some of the things that he wants to do with Starlink and getting out internet to people who, sure. you know, in rural areas and other countries that don't have internet. Yeah. So there's obviously he's doing some good with this money, but it's a lot of money. A lot of money. Can you ever see a world, I don't know if this is even happening, maybe where the U.S. borrows from a billionaire? You know, we, we hear about borrowing a lot in between countries. Mm -hmm. Could the U.S. borrow from a billionaire? I don't, I don't know. know. I feel like it'd maybe. get tricky with like politics and sure. like who, you know. That's true. There's probably some rules and ethics to be considered there. Yeah. But uh, I don't know if I was Janet Yellen, I'd be like looking at all my options like, just, like, just, just in let case. Me, let me just reach out to these. <laughs> what can we do? Just want to make a donation to, you know, the country you yeah, live in, this democracy. In. This. It's doing good, right? <laughs> yeah, it's true. We'll see what happens. But yeah, that's, it's just wild. I mean, we can all aspire to that, I guess, mm -hmm. if, but I probably wouldn't keep that much money. I mean, what do you do with it? Like that's like, genera <laughs> like really? generation after generation, yeah. like plenty of money yeah. for. Buy some countries. Yeah, well. I, we'll never well, know. More power to you, billionaires, <laughs> more power to you. And at number three in our daily four, and it's a delicious and slightly forbidden treats. And now the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention are asking the American public to stop eating raw cookie dough for their own safety. This comes after a salmonella outbreak tied to the Papa Murphy's Take and Bake cookie dough, which is meant to be cooked, something that's eaten raw. Several people ate it without cooking it. They got sick. Some were hospitalized. No one passed away, but some people got sick and were hospitalized. Most raw cookie dough contains unpasteurized eggs or raw flour, so it can get you sick. But there are some companies that make edible cookie dough, and the difference is they have heat-treated flour 
and pasteurized eggs or no eggs. So they're okay with it. In fact, you're seeing a cookie dough bar, raw cookie dough bar, where it is, it's, you're talking about either pasteurized or no eggs and then the heat treated flour. So it's not gonna make you sick. Um, it, you think about your, your childhood and you know, you're watching your mom or grandma cook something or your mm -hmm. dad, whatever. Like, hey, do you wanna lick the bowl from this yes. cake? And raw <laughs> eggs went in there. Yeah. What were they trying to do? I don't know, but. <laughs> I mean, I, I know what was annoying, but come um, on. Guys. I loved cookie dough, number <laughs> one. Good, right? Number two, like brownie batter, cake uh, batter. Like, it is really good. And I know, I know. I guess I just, I'm like, come on, stomach. You'll yeah. be okay, but right. <laughs> it's a serious I, it thing is, when you it think is a about it. It really is, especially you know, for, for children under five and adults over 65 or anybody with a weakened immune system, mm -hmm. it can be extremely serious. And so it, just the general rule is if you have things, symptoms like vomiting, diarrhea, fever over 102, you want to get medical help, especially if you know you've been exposed to salmonella. You know, we saw Rocky eat those raw eggs in his in his shake, and he he can handle it, but it doesn't mean we all can. Yep, so true I, that. Yeah. And now <laughs> it's all about reading the labels, because mm -hmm. there are a bunch of yes, uh, yes. regular cookie cookie dough that you can create. I mean, they mm -hmm. taste exactly the same. Yeah. And so, yeah, I'm very like, oh, I'm just going to make uh, these cookies and then right. I'll sneak a little square for myself. <laughs> like, I love cookie dough. It, it does. It just tastes good. There's it something does. about it. Yeah. So I think our ice cream is safe because it's the, you know, the treated. It's, we'll be fine with that. Yeah. All right, let's so go to number four in our daily four. Okay, so Justin, this is something you might want to weigh in on, both literally and figuratively. We all know that removing shoes and taking keys out of our pockets are typically pre-flight procedures, but what about stepping on the scale for your uh, for your weight? Now, starting tomorrow until July 2nd, passengers flying on Air New Zealand international flights will be asked to step on a scale prior to boarding. This is all part of an international passenger weight survey mandated by the Civil Aviation Authority in New, Z in New Zealand. Uh, so once every five years, so not happening often, mm -hmm. but again, every once in five years, the data is used to improve operational efficiency and safety. The airline says it's entirely voluntarily and the weight information will be submitted to the survey and not be viewable to the gate agent. So kind of a, you know, keeping your mm -hmm. privacy there, but we were, I, I think this is kind of interesting because mm -hmm. we all get on flights and there are people all different shapes, yeah, sizes, sure. ages, mm -hmm. and so you just, yeah, you wonder about how it can affect our flights mm -hmm. and like the amount of fuel that we use and all of that. So interesting you know, to see the, the information that comes out of that too. And I, like just maybe better for our environment. Yeah, maybe, maybe that, make it, that could work too. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of people are, you know, conscious of their, their, their weight, whether it's a little higher or a little lower, whatever mm -hmm. they think about it. I know that in this case, I believe it's kept anonymous. And it so it, mm -hmm. it, yeah, but there's no exposure of your weight to other people, but it is a crucial, crucial part of a flight. And you know, I was on a, a budget airline, I'm not gonna tell you which one, and there wasn't much luggage on the plane, but there were several people and they were switching seats. And the pilot said, we cannot get this plane off the ground unless you go back to your original seats. You're placed there for the liftoff part portion of, you know, the takeoff portion of your of, of our flight. Yeah. So even the balance is important, the weight's important. Don't lie about your weight if they ask you, yeah. just tell them the right way, because yeah. I mean, this is a safety issue. Mm -hmm. But anyway, uh, yeah, it is, it's, I guess it would be shocking, you know, it's like not a question you necessarily want to answer, but yeah. if it helps get the plane off the ground, I'm all for it. <laughs> Go that's, for it. That's kind of what I'm saying. But I think this is also kind of a funny thing. Mm -hmm. According to some uh, airline ratings.com, uh, they mm -hmm. just unveiled that uh, 2023, the mm -hmm. list of best airlines. Uh -huh. Yep, New Zealand. Uh, okay, one. well, listen. So, all right, come on now. <laughs> that's that's good. So there's something to something. it. Exactly. They're doing something right. I love that. I love that. Well, speaking of weighing, coming up, uh, U.S. task force is weighing in with some new recommendations on what to do, when to start mammogram screaming, screenings. That is, KWGX is making voids. It's now with an expert to break down new guidelines after this break.
The U.S. Preventative Services Task Force recently proposed changes to mammogram guidance. Our Megan Boyd sat down with Michelle Wilson from Baylor Scott and White Hillcrest Breast Center to discuss what this means for breast cancer detection. Can you talk to us about this guidance change, right? It, it adjusted to age 40. Tell me your thoughts on that. Well, first we're going go, to go back to 2009 when right. they came out with their recommendation that had it at age 50 mm -hmm. and every other year. And so this new one is taking it back to 40 where um, Baylor Scott & White is happy about and a lot of other breast health affiliates are because that is where we like to see it. And then if we can just get it back to every year instead of the every other year because that's what we see save lives and catch breast cancer at the earliest stage. I see. Talk to me about some of the benefits of, of going at, at age 40. The, um, detection earlier is uh, the key. It's, right. We want to catch it when it's as small as possible, whenever hopefully it is a stage zero or stage one, and whenever we skip years, that's when we see the stages increase to stage two and stage three and whatnot. And for instance, COVID, you know, we had a lot of women that skipped their screenings during COVID and right. we're now seeing the effects of that. So with this task force going back to 40, we're very grateful for and just hoping that it will be yearly at the age of 40. Right. Have you heard at all when this recommendation recommendation might become final? So right now they're taking what's called public comments throughout the summer so that people can go in and comment on the draft recommendation per okay. se and then hopefully by the end of the summer the final recommendations will be out. Okay, got it. In the meantime, what should women do if they have any concerns? If, if, if they are wondering if they should get checked out, what should they do? Talk to your provider about, you know, what their recommendations are because again, um, Baylor Scott & White is an enterprise, American College of uh, Surgeons, College of Radiologists, all of those are still recommending age 40, even for average risk women. Okay. So if you have questions about your risk factors, be sure to talk to your doctor. I think getting a mammogram can be maybe a little intimidating for some women, right? Maybe a little bit scary. What kinds of concerns do people express to you that you've heard and, and kind of how do you ease those fears? Well, a lot of women think it hurts and then once they come and get their first mammogram, they find out that it doesn't. Unless you're just extremely tender, okay. most women leave going, that's it. And we're <laughs> like, that's it. And they're like, that wasn't bad. So yeah. it's really the fear of the pain should not be there anymore. Okay. Things have changed. There are some women that have fear of radiation and um, a mammogram is less radiation than a three-hour flight. So just uh -oh. having that, I know, so just having that knowledge yeah. and then um, knowing because that fear of radiation sometimes leads women to want to have exams that are not FDA approved, thermography, using breast ultrasound as a screening tool mm -hmm. instead of using it as conjunction with mammography. So just knowing that mammography is the standard of care. Sure. We have reduced mortality rates by 40% since the 90s it's with huge. screening mammograms. Wow. Yeah, Doesn't so get, it's huge. I mean, that's, that's pretty good, right? Yeah. And all of this, of course, is for breast cancer detection or yes. a, a big piece of it. Is there anything people can do, women can do, or anyone really to reduce their risk of, of breast cancer? You know, there are some things, keeping your weight in check, keeping your alcohol low, you know, daily exercise, and then talking to your provider about your risk factors so that if you are high risk, you find out when you're young, like in your 20s, 25, so that way you can go ahead and get established with a high risk coordinator or even a genetics counselor if you need to, and just being your own advocate. Very good, anything else? We no, need to know. Get your mammogram every year. It saves lives. Very we true. see it every day. I believe you. <laughs> You're the one to know. Well, All thank right. you so much thank for being you. with us. Thanks. Great information there. The panel that proposed the change in guidelines believe it will result in 19% more lives saved. <laughs>